This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. If you think about what we were talking about last night about not being about being a hundred percent on, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I need to kind of just chill out on that. Even now, like I know we've had conversations about now, I'm kind of taking a different approach to my iOS development. Therefore, I can chill out a bit. Like this afternoon, I was giving myself an endless amount of crap because I just felt like I wasn't focusing. And yeah, I, I just need to chill out. Basically, um, <laughs> I've been saying that for like the last five years, but yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, oh God, yeah, 2010, I was working the the full-time at home job at British Gas. Yeah, and I was learning some some similar lessons and then not actually doing anything about them as well. (laughs) Yeah, but then like, the the annoying thing is, say, if I'm doing work at home between the hours of nine to five, I just imagine everyone else at work, like diligently succeeding and doing the right thing. (laughs) and being good citizens, whereas I'm just, like, dossing around at home with some stupid idea for an iPhone app, and I just feel really bad about myself. But then when it comes to, like, 10 o'clock at night, it's like I feel more free, in a way. Yeah. And I I can't quite articulate why that is, but it's like I picture everyone else in bed or just sitting around watching Netflix, and I'm like, yeah, look at me go, I'm doing stuff, I'm bettering myself, while you lot are either sleeping or doing something pointless. Yeah, transitions from being I'm I'm just sort of messing around on something while you're all, all diligently at work into on hustling. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The word hustle. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Um, and I almost feel like I get like if you were to measure if I had like a little creativity like monitor above my head, sort of between the hours of nine to five, it like struggles to like get moving at all. Whereas when I allow the pressure to go off when I'm just working at night for a laugh, I find I get, I'm just like way more with it and I'm way more, I don't know, I I just try new ideas and like something good will happen. Whereas during nine to five, if I pursue an idea for an hour and it doesn't work out, I'm like, you stupid idiot, you've wasted one hour of the working day. Why did you do that? And then it's that, um, yeah, kind of hourly rate kind of view of the world. Yeah, exactly. And I think when I was kind of doing it on Fridays, um, when I was working four days a week at my old jobby job, it's like I, for every hour that I kind of, you know, maybe I wouldn't say wasted, but say I went in the wrong direction for an hour, I would just be picturing everyone else at work having just billed an hour. Mm. And if you imagine eight of them in the office and they've all billed an hour, it's like, well, that's quite a lot of money. And I've just sat here and gone in the wrong direction. And there's no guarantee that what I'm doing slash have to, has have just done is going to make any money anyway. It's all like the feedback loop is so long, isn't it? It's like, yeah, that thing I just did is that gonna move the needle at all, or did I just do it for the sake of having done it? Yeah, I've, I've had a bit of that just looking at some of the code that I had in the, the mirror app that I was working on earlier on in the year, right? Um, I used some of that as the base for sort of the reboot of um, of my VJ app. So it's like, right, okay, I solved a load of problems with this, you know, I've got a coordinator in there, I've got this and the other in there. Um, I'll just copy and paste that one as a, as a base, um, stream everything out, rename everything, and then off we go. And as I was looking through it, I had stuff for changing the, the theme um, in the app. So I've got a, a mechanism where the user can select their, their main highlight color, and then the app sort of re uh, broadcasts this um, notification out, and the view controllers that have opted in for it 
are then able to update their their colors mm-hmm. um which is great you know it, it, it works it's, it's, it's kind of a a reasonable way of doing it except that every single other place has this sort of bit that's responding to this notification to make that particular feature work and sort of looking at it in the cold light of day and kind of having a a more detached view of it i'm like well that was a waste of time right there's no need for that at all there's kind of other means of doing this you know you can maybe set it up so that it kind of just relaunches the app after you leave that that um the setting screen you know and all the other screens it goes back into just reinstantiate and then after that boom they 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 set up with everything from from the top um no need for any notifications no need for this boilerplate that's going to be have to be there on everywhere if it's going to respond uh and there's probably nicer ways of doing things now with dark mode coming in and that sort of stuff as well you well know, you've got to wonder haven't you any sort of dark mode that you've rolled your yourself it could in the same way that it has with the mac os it could be that ios comes in next year with the same thing yeah and it's just abstracted away you kind of provide colors and assets and things and us you know exactly and and i I can imagine that um, at the moment you've got stuff like um ui appearance right so you can you can set the appearance on on certain objects and you can do that and then globally anything that's created brand new um opts into that appearance i can't remember exactly what the the mechanism is now for for a reload um but i can imagine if there isn't one there's going to be one where you just opt into the reload signal and then objects that are set up like that will just get whatever the current appearance is which would be totally the right way to do theming Mm, i'm thinking back to when i did it with armchair i think i looked at ui appearance to start with and then i ended up going down the road of like you were saying the whole notification thing and then a lot yep. of the objects that I had, or the like the user interface objects, were I would sort of basically subclass everything. Yes. Um, so if you had like a label, I would make like a label that was my label, and then it would respond to all the notification changes and stuff like that. But yeah, if if I were doing it now, I'd be like, whoa, okay, let's not do anything with dark mode until we kind of see Apple <laughs> giving us a nod and a wink as in you know from WWDC, I guess next year as to what's going to yeah. happen because it feels like effort wasted at this point. I would say. Yeah, exactly. And, and and like I say, I looked at all of this and I, I was kind of like, right, okay, strip that out, strip that out. You know, you sort of look at look at what you did and, and, and sort of getting back to where we were talking about before, I had that whole sort of like, how much time did I waste going after that? <laughs> but in a lot of ways, you need to kind of go in the wrong direction to find out what the right direction ultimately is. So it's not like when I've gone off for like two hours in the wrong direction and I realize i've got off in the wrong direction and steer myself back to a good place in a way it's almost like that needed to happen i needed to get to the wrong place first in order to yes. get to the right place it's but it's hard right it's hard to kind of see that and to take a step back from it um when you are sort of putting pressure on yourself to be delivering you know and i think when you're in an indie point of view and you're kind of thinking well i just want the thing to exist so then i can get it out there i can sell it i can get people using it um yeah, it can be very easy to end up sort of being quite hard on yourself in those moments. Uh, I, I've i been there, you know, when I'd, I'd quit my job at British Gas and I had that sort of period of time uh, before freelancing, I was working on my own stuff. Um, I did a number of things which I, I do actually feel were a waste of time. But if I think about it with a sort of step back, uh, the things I learned in those periods of time have still been useful to me 
you know, it's been useful to me now today with the job that I'm doing now, and it all sort of adds up. You know, it's all, all in the same area, in the same field. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the view I'm taking just with iOS development on the whole for me at the moment. Um, just because, in a, in a way, I kind of see that, you know, maybe a, a future for me could be working as an iOS dev, you know, for for like a, a firm similar to how you are. So yeah. I, I kind of feel that any anything I place into my iOS development, the, the the focus isn't now about making something that can hopefully you know hit the jackpot on the App Store for me. I mean, if it happens, great. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. <laughs> but it's almost like I want to make something that's really good, really nicely designed, hopefully nicely coded as well. That if I want to go out and convince someone to give me an iOS job, I can use that as the the basis, which in a sense kind of takes the pressure off because if I feel like, well, why am I, why am I doing this feature? Because it's probably not going to make anyone download it anymore on the App Store, therefore it's a waste of my time and you know, all that kind of stuff. Actually, no, if it's something I can point to and be like, hey, look at this cool feature I made and here's how I did it and this is why it's cool and this is why it's a bit clever, then it kind of changes the, uh, the discussion in my head a little bit about what's time well spent versus time wasted. Yeah. Uh, which is quite nice. Um, it reframes it. It puts you in a point where um, where it's about discovering the different aspects of the frameworks and, and expanding your skills rather than trying to make absolutely everything a sort of billable thing. It's made me way more curious as well, I think, which has got to be a good thing. Because I feel, I feel more encouraged now to just explore something for the sake of having learnt something rather yeah. than stop wasting time. You need to make this thing so it makes some money. Because obviously now Root Digital's gone. Um in fact, it went last week, I think. Um, was it last week I messaged you and told you? I think, it, I think it was, yeah. So that was the official close down with um, with Company's House and everything, right? Yeah, so it's, it's dissolved, it's gone, it's finished, um, which is a little bit weird. Um, maybe we can talk about that. But, um, but yeah, now now that's gone. And now I'm kind of looking at what what's next in terms of me as, a, as an iOS developer and, and my own apps and... and my career in the long term i guess yeah it's kind of now now that's gone like i feel way more like i've got permission to be curious again rather than just like try and make some damn money because you've got <laughs> bills coming out this month for the accountant and for this and for that and you know the old the old app figures aren't looking too good <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an odd feeling though nevertheless it, it being gone yeah i can can well believe it's um these these things become a part of you the longer that you've um you've had them and I think like when you've sort of done an indie stint and, and it's all wrapped up in that as well, it sort of becomes a bit of self-identity after a point. So, yeah, yeah I can imagine like it being gone, gone. There's, there's got to be like kind of a relief in some ways, right? Because you've, you've not got to file anything anymore or keep track of anything. And I think that that for me would be a relief. I'm, I'm kind of feeling that with uh, with RoboHeads, kind of managing that from afar at the moment. Um, and then also, yeah, that, that kind of, ah, it's really gone, you know, <laughs> sort of being like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's kind of what feels weird because yeah, it's, it's nice. It's gone. It feels quite liberating and it feels, especially around the new year, it felt it was weighing on me a lot because I could see every month the money getting less and less in the bank just because the apps weren't bringing enough money. And I could basically see the end of the runway yeah and so yeah it's nice in that sense um and it's nice to be starting over and being able to figure out what's next about kind of the the looming pressure of money kind of over you 
Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I feel like I haven't done a lot of making this year. That this year, um, I've been more almost exploring, which kind of feels odd because normally I'm making something. Normally I've got something I'm building that I'm you know going to put live or I'm going to you know put on the app store or something. And all I've all I've really done this year is basically just kind of explore things that might be a thing one day and that, that's just an odd position for me to be in because i feel like i'm in some ways i feel like well, i've just sat around and you know thought about doing something and made up a landing page but i haven't actually done anything yet but i think when I, when I start going down that line of thought i need to kind of drag myself back and think well hang on this is probably a good thing because look how root digital ended up in that i kind of just you know i, I dived into the making of something perhaps well not perhaps definitely a lot of times without thinking about whether i should yeah um and i think i'm coming to the end of this kind of phase now where i'm in like the the figuring out stage i think i'm closing in on what that's going to be and what's going to be next um you know we should probably talk about that maybe like next episode or something um but yeah. it's um yeah it's nice and especially now i've got like i was saying earlier um kind of got that view on it that this isn't necessarily something that has to be a success on the app store in terms of making money um I'll, I'll probably release it and if someone downloads it and gives me a couple of pounds for it cool thanks very much but um hopefully it's going to be this is something that i want to use as a bit of a, a portfolio for me and a demonstration of what i can do so yes um it's nice to have it framed in that way at the moment but yeah all in all it's still still weird it still feels weird having the having the company gone yeah i can like i say i can well appreciate that it's uh yeah it's self-identity i think after a point yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's quite telling. I've, I've moved all the way around the world. I've still got my company in the UK for now. <laughs> and part of me with doing that is actually it's it's kind of a, I can't let go. You know, like the, the other alternative was to completely shut it down and kind of wait until we were much more established and settled here in New Zealand to, to sort of start back up again. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, like RoboHeads has been a, a a thing I've had now for what getting on for three or four three years, I think it's its third year now um, as a limited company. Yeah, um, yeah, I think we're similar times, weren't we? In when we went limited and and all that. Yeah, Rudisha was about in its third year when I shut it down. So, so yeah, this this far in, and I mean, if I think back further, like the idea of it and the beginnings of it, and and registering the domain before I'd registered the the company and this that and the other, it goes back even further. You know, I think probably maybe four, four and a half years easily, and I've not been able to kill it. You know, it still still exists, and and at the moment, I'm kind of skirting the edge of of making a loss this year, but that's okay. Kind of, I've I've rationalised that as sort of being well. As long as the lights are sort of being kept on, you know, like the the accountant's getting paid, which keeps everything um, all on straight and narrow. The, the the web domain costs are being paid, and um, any odd sort of little bits of small bits of kit or whatever, then then that's great. But the, yeah, there is a point where I really should be thinking about either either killing it, moving on, um, or sort of what needs to happen next. But I do love making the apps that I've got underneath it as well. I've taken a break from from doing that this last year while we've um, while we've moved, you know, and the emigration and everything has, has sort of happened. And 
that's that's been good you know i've needed to settle into life over here as well and that's needed to take absolute priority but but coming back into the code base last weekend and, and having a play and setting out what i want for sort of the next version of, of the, the video mixing app um i do still love it so there's that as well you know like there's, there's that sort of well i love it it's it's kind of on the edge of 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 being neutral if if not making a loss um kind of keep it running like that for the moment even if it is making a loss even if it's making a small loss a month you know just look at look at normal people and what they spend on their hobbies take like the business and profit and loss out of it yeah just someone who's into fishing look at what they might spend on fishing or or into cycling or or whatever um I, i would wager they probably spend more on that than it would cost you to keep that limited company afloat a year yeah so in a way think of it as your hobby if if that's what it needs to to be in your mind because I think for now as long, yeah. as long as it's not ruining you financially <laughs> i mean it got to the point of me it's like blimey i keep having to like put in more money and it's starting to get a bit out of hand so that's kind of what made me choose just to to shut it down um but you know if if your apps are in a, in a better shape than mine and, and you're not losing that much per month i mean you, you could say the same about this podcast i mean we, we don't do sponsors um well it obviously costs us money each we've bought microphones we've bought usb interfaces we've bought domain names web hosting uh, yep. we pay for like bandwidth i mean you know maybe we should shut this podcast down <laughs> in that case <laughs> if we're going to take that view i think i think it's totally fine um i mean i don't mind spending the money because i enjoy sitting down and chatting to you every week and, and putting this out there um I don't, I don't really do it in the hope that it's going to make us loads of money um and it's fine that it costs me some money to do in fact i, I don't mind that um so yeah, I would kind of frame it like that if I were you. Yeah, not everything has to have a, a cost benefit. Not everything is is a product um, just to have value and to, to exist. But then there's like side value as well, because I would imagine if I were to apply as a, a for a job someday as, as a proper iOS developer, then it might come in pretty handy to have been a host of a podcast about iOS development for, what's it been, nearly two years now? It will be come, come January, yes. So in that case, once you start taking on a salary as, as an employed person and you think, well, maybe having a podcast factored into that somehow, it's like, how can you put a value on it then? It's kind of paid for itself double, triple, you know, triple time at that point yep. or even more. It's, yeah, not everything's got like a, a direct number above it, has it, as to what it's worth and what it costs. No, and, and I mean, like, coming back to sort of subsidising the the apps that I've got at the moment, there's these other values as well like GoVJ is a basic video mixing app right it's um it's not something you would use if you were setting up a, a sort of video wall and a big gigantic three you know, multiple screened um kind of gig an event it's something you use for just putting a backdrop on for a very small um a small gig or just to play around in your living room kind of thing um but the side benefit there is that it means I get a lot of beginners, you know, and I get a lot of people who just want to have a play and get into mixing video, but don't want to outlay loads and loads of kit. And they've got an iPhone or they've, they've got access to an iPad. They buy my app at a nominal fee and then they can play and they're up and running. And for me, actually, there's an incredible benefit there. I've had people sort of say, you know, I've, I've used your app and that, that's what got me into to becoming a VJ. I've actually had that said to me in the last month. Oh. Um, and then that 
that again has sort of reinvigorated some of my interest you know <laughs> it's sort of like well I'm, I'm kind of making the app i wanted to exist maybe oh 14 years ago when i started into to making visuals and i'm helping people like you know younger me uh, get get into the art and, and, and set up yeah i'm kind of okay with subsidizing that for a little bit while i, I sort of figure things out Speaking of iPhones, what 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 are, you, what are you doing? Have you bought one yet? No, no, I've not, and I'm not going to, not yet. Go on, buy um, one <laughs> <laughs> and get the Max. Oh uh, no! So I've been thinking this this through. Um, it's it's quite a funny sort of decision making this year, and I think a lot of people have gone through this in terms of like, I think it depends on where you are in the release cycle and everything else, like depending on whether you've kind of done like a year on year off S year or whether you buy the new phone every year or what I think is kind of how some of the logic goes. Yeah. I think like, you know, your, your annual upgraders um, who always have to have the best phone will get the 10 S or the 10 S max, depending on what their sort of size class is. Um, that's not where I've been at. I, I skipped um, doing that last year because we, we moved over um, to New Zealand and everything and it just didn't make sense to, to upgrade to the 10 a year ago. My 7's been going strong. So that brought me into a second year with the 7 and actually I've kind of realised, you know, for a lot of what I use the phone for, that's been fine. The, the only thing that I've really missed in the last year is is not having an update on the camera because uh, I, I like uh, taking photos with it I, it's i don't have a proper camera um but i like having a decent phone that i can just sort of take that snap try and get a nice shot um and, and keep i keep albums with with these things in you know then the seven was no slouch was it no no not at all uh, and you know it records 4k video and it's um it's quite good at, at managing different light levels and that sort of stuff and but obviously any phone after it is going to be an improvement on the camera it's got yeah so so there's that and that's kind of been driving some of my decision making recently you know okay i do want to upgrade this year uh because i don't actually want to be yet another year kind of behind on that cycle um and, and the other factor in there is that um when i upgrade my phone my wife gets my previous phone as a hand-me-down so the seven becomes her phone she gets to to leave the six behind um, and I think she would really appreciate that. So definitely eyeing up, up an upgrade, but the decision making comes down to for for me down to whether it's the 10s or the 10r. And I just don't know. Um, a, a couple of years ago, I think the decision making would have been obvious. I'd have gone right, you know, 10s. Um, can't really be bothered with this sort of R malarkey and, and finding out like whether a lesser phone is, is going to be right or what. And so I've been kind of going through and sort of looking at the specs and I'm not hundred percent convinced that the 10 R is really going to be a lesser phone. I mean, it will be in comparison to some metrics, but if it, I'm going to have to see it in real life before I can make a proper decision. Okay. I think that that's probably the case for kind of everybody really, who's sort of on the fence a little yeah. bit with it. But if, if going down the sort of the, the specs and, and what I actually want out of the phone, if I don't care about OLED, um, then that LCD screen is going to be as good as, as I've been used to on any other iOS device, right? 
yeah that. and and it's going to be it's going to be bigger uh i know it's it's 2x still it's not three it's not three times like the um the 10 but i mean i went from the iphone 6 which was 2x to the iphone 10 which was 3x and i'm, I'm honestly not sure i can tell the difference right um yeah all, all, all this stuff i'm hearing about iphone 10r can't even show a 1080p movie it's like what like what are you talking about that's not that's not really a, a good argument to make about it it's like it's it's a 2x phone in the same way the 6 and the 7 has been a 2x phone and they've always looked great right yep so yep. it's just like that but it's got curvy edges and it's a bit bigger <laughs> so I, I, I don't i don't see why people are getting sort of hung up on that um yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you the difference between a 2X and a 3X. I think 2X, my eyes are, are, are satisfied. And 3X is kind of like, well, I'm, I'm sure there's more detail there to be seen, but I'm I'm not seeing it, put it that way. What about uh, the OLED? Well, again, you, you heard me talking about this time last year. I was swinging between a, a 10 and, and an 8 Plus. And one of the, the things for me was, is that OLED actually put me off the device because I'm kind of paranoid about screen burn. Um, I've, I'm kind of like a plasma TV fan and I'm always paranoid about burning that even though it's six years old and I should probably not be caring anymore because it's old anyway <laughs> but still do <laughs> and yeah I think almost the fact it's it's an LCD that can have like the nice curved edges and you know it curves around the notch and all that I think that's almost a selling point for me in a way um, I mean I was thinking the other day if I wanted to use my iPhone as uh, like a, a sat nav in the car which a lot of people do. Yeah. I'm not sure I would want the iPhone 10 sat with a, a map navigation up for like a five hour drive. Like when we go across to Norfolk or something, you'd be genuinely worried about screen I'd be burn at that point. Genuinely worried at that point. Yeah. I'd be like, this is not, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But if I had a 10 hour, I'd be like, yes, fine, whatever LCD, put it up. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't see the issue of, I, I didn't long for an OLED phone. It's, it's kind of just happened to be that the iPhone 10 was OLED. And I was like, oh, sure. Well, I don't really have a choice. If I want this, I have to have OLED. Um, and, you know, the black levels are great. But then I always thought the black levels were great anyway on, on the 6. And no doubt they were probably better on your 7. And if the marketing hype's to be believed, this is like the best LCD in the business or however they're framing it. Yeah. So I suspect the 10R is going to be a very, very good LCD phone. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't think it put me off that much. The thing I like is obviously how the, the notch can almost blend away entirely with OLED. Yeah. So I'd be intrigued to see if you had like, um, say you're playing a YouTube video and you go landscape and you get like the, the bars left and right of the video. Yeah, It'd be interesting to see how much the notch kind of looks obvious against the black LCD pixels versus the OLED. Because on the OLED it's almost invisible. If you yeah. really look for it, you can see how the light almost hits it differently. Um, so, yeah. so you can see a faint shadow of the notch sometimes if you're really looking for it, but for the most for the most part, it's it's not. So it could be more obtrusive. That like that could be a thing. But if if you were to go into an Apple store, put a YouTube video on, turn it landscape, and you're like, yeah, I can't really see that notch. I, it's kind of case closed for me. I'd probably go 10R. I think. Yeah, I, I think the the other factors I'm sort of weighing up is um, the lack of 3D touch that. It kind of feels a bit like a step back, and I hadn't realised just how often I do actually use that. But so, doesn't it? Isn't it like basically like now? It's like a long press, 
and then it just kind of activates the the, the haptic engine. If that's exactly what they've built, and and you can still access functionality in apps that that would be accessed through three D touch, then then great. But I kind of feel like that's not what we're getting. Um, I, I was reading a, a breakdown that that was saying that this was going to be used in places like in the um, in the control center with the buttons there to give you feedback as you push down into those but it, i don't think it's a full replacement for 3d touch no no it is it's maybe it's not a hack but yeah it's 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 a solution i suppose the biggest time i use 3d touch on the 10 is because you've got the camera button on the on the lock screen yeah um i sort of click into the camera quite often which is really useful um so i guess that might be the only place i feel it i did start at one point using the 3d touch on the keyboard to bring yep. to sort of move the cursor around but more often than not i usually mess it up somehow like i'm kind of pressing too hard and then when i try and move my thumb while still pressing hard i kind of you know miss and then when i go to release quite often the cursor will move either to the left or to the right of where i wanted it to be due to me right. moving when i release yeah so i've kind of stopped doing that otherwise 3d touch i don't i don't really use it so if if the experience of getting to the camera from the lock screen was acceptable on the 10R, again that'd be a tick in the box. And and I uh, guess if um, if this sort of haptic feedback is enough in in sort of these incidental places, then I might not notice it. I'm, I might be sort of fairly okay with that. Uh, it's one of those things I'm going to have to play with the the device somewhere just to sort of see. You know, do I think I would be be happy kind of living like that you know <laughs> um, and i suspect it's probably not going to really matter after a point um because yeah there is a, a thing with 3d touch in terms of it not being that um that obvious in a lot of circumstances unless you're looking for it unless you've got used to it uh, i think a lot of people don't get that use out of it yeah i know on like the watch it's made discoverability of some features difficult for a lot of people oh <laughs> Crikey, I used to get so many one-star reviews because of that for um, Armchair on the watch. Yeah. Um, Because to get to the main menu, you had to kind of do a a 3D touch on like the now playing screen and that would bring up a menu. And yeah, the amount of people I'd get emailing saying, I can't find the menu and I've paid to unlock it and I can't, you know, this, that and the other one star. I was like, oh no. Um, Yeah, I think 3D touch maybe hasn't worked out quite as well as it might have it's just difficult, isn't it? Because it's not obvious. You haven't got a visual prompt sometimes because there's no real prompt to say you should press this really hard to make something happen. Yes. Um, yes so I can it's... see why Apple might be slowly stepping back from it a little bit. Um, yeah. it's, it's entirely possible as well that trying to support 3D touch at the same time as supporting other new technologies for screens might be something that slowed them down and they may just be making that sort of assessments sort of think well okay when we're on to like you know the um iphone 11 12 whatever it ends up being called that you know we can now do this other thing with the screen like maybe removing the notch or something like that yeah no i get what you're saying so <clears throat> maybe not such a big loss but i do feel like i'm gonna have to play with the device and see how that sort of goes for me as well yeah so a well, lot that's not is, to say sorry go on a lot of this is boiling down to like i said literally just I want them to to be released so I can have a play, I can have a look and kind of make a, an objective assessment 
I think like the 10R, although it's a it's a cheaper phone, I don't think it's going to feel cheaper. If it's like you know the the 10S and and the 10, they're really nice. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of bigging up the 10R here. I mean, I just want to make the point that I still do really like the 10S and and and, <laughs> and the 10. Like they're they're fantastic phones. Um, but I think for for a lot of people, maybe even myself and and you included. It is that extra? I don't know what the price difference is in New Zealand, but here it's like two hundred and fifty pounds. That's yep. most of a way to an Apple Watch. So you could, have, yeah. you could have a phone and a watch if you're willing to accept the compromises of a ten R. I mean, we've discussed the screen, uh, we've dis- discussed three D touch. The aluminium doesn't bother me at all. Um, no, again, it's one of those things where it's a, you know a, a cheaper material, but not a cheaper feeling material. So that that's that's fine as far as I'm concerned. They're obviously you've only got the one camera, but yeah. again, I I never really use the two times camera because I find it doesn't take. Um, it's not so good in low light. I find. Yeah. Uh, I find the one X to be way more forgiving, so I just tend to stick to that. And the only time I guess I really do use the the two X is in service of portrait mode. Right. But then it comes back to the whole thing that they're doing with focus pixels and machine learning on the ten R to get some you know from what we've seen some pretty impressive portrait shots anyway so again that's kind of that box ticked as well like all these the 10r is ticking a lot of boxes it's kind of yeah i was thinking about those um the dual cameras and what i really wanted from from that and, and that is that i've got ideas for sort of playing with the the depth data okay so in terms of like making an app and, and having a play with that data and doing some stuff with it um so Part of me was sort of thinking, well, I want a 10s so that I can play with that, you know, and then I've got a phone that's got the dual cameras, I've got the depth data coming through from the main camera, and I can make this this kind of app idea that I've got in my head. Um, but the reality is that, that that app idea is really unarticulated at this stage, and there's depth data coming from the, the front-facing camera. Way better depth data. <laughs> yeah, and that that might actually be the better play for the app anyway. So that kind of comes full circle and makes me sort of think, well, I can still do that with the the ten R. I just can't do uh, some of the app idea that I had for playing with the the depth data out of the rear facing camera. Um, but that starts becoming quite a niche use of the device, and, and then. If that's the case, well, that's also a tell in terms of what the um, the potential of the app idea is as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I think I'd be happy actually playing with the the depth data out of the uh, the ten R on the front facing camera. You may find that just kind of scratches your itch, and you can be like, "Yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll just leave this here now. I've had a play. Um, yeah, that's great." And maybe by the time you're actually have maybe another idea or or already ready to pursue it further you might be looking at the iphone 13 at that point exactly. anyway so exactly yeah yeah i wouldn't necessarily let that drive the the purchase the, the, yeah say the biggest thing for me is that if i'm i'm not really on the fence about a watch i'm just kind of like i don't i don't really feel like i need a, a new apple watch but if i were um i'd be definitely thinking well why don't i just get a 10r then i mean the difference there between that and the 10s is almost like what two thirds three quarters of an apple watch Yes, yeah, it is. I mean, um, you mentioned before that the price difference is around about two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, we always say that pounds to New Zealand dollars is like just times two, right. and the price difference on a, um, a um, two hundred fifty six gig ten uh, R versus the ten S is about five hundred New Zealand dollars. 
So yeah, it's about right, isn't it? Yeah. That's the other argument as well. Storage. We haven't even discussed storage. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I always go for base models because I, I, for some reason, just never fill up my phone. Um, I'm fine with 64. But I think uh, a couple of episodes ago we spoke about it. You you don't. You always need the bigger one, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of added up what I could do without and I struggled to get under 128 gigs now. <laughs> so... Uh, that's another yeah. good reason to go 10R, right? Because you've got more headroom for storage before you hit the 999 price point. Pretty much, That's the starting yeah. price of the 10S. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of driving me to to justify the 10S to begin with, sort of rationalise it and sort of go, well, you know, that's the second notch um, up on the, the storage for that phone, whereas it's like all the way at the top for the 10R. Um, but if you work out, like I say, the price difference, that that amount between the two, um, like you were saying before, is a good chunk towards a watch. So, again, roads sort of seem to be pointing back to 10R being the sensible sort of purchase. Um, that's before you think about, I know we've had discussions that probably date back to the beginning of this show where we've spoken about wanting a little bit of whimsy back into the products, kind of like the, the IMAX uh, that... The, you know the original ones with the like the candy oh, colored ones yeah and yeah there's a little bit of that that they're throwing in with the 10r as well so i know you personally have, have been quite you know, keen on that idea i know i haven't been I, I quite like the aluminiums and the space gray era that we're in but for you that could be another big thing right yeah i mean it, it's it's very much just a, a an aesthetic but yeah the colors of the devices i'm looking at thinking well this might be the first phone that I try and run without a case, you know, in a long time. <laughs> oh, you, you'll end up with a case, trust me. <laughs> I, I, I know I'll end up with a case, and I'll be picking the phone that, that looks nice for, like, you know, two years' time or whenever when I want to have that, that sort of month or two before I upgrade it and run it without a case just to have the play. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, to be thinking like that, I would just couldn't think like that with a, a, a 10s. Um, mm. and I think it's probably daft to think like that with the, the 10R after a point, but the colours are, are attractive. Um, I always like trouble is, sorry, go on. I was, I always like the product's red colours, um, and yeah, quite interesting that they've got the device with product red from sort of moment go. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's very cool. And they do look great. A friend of mine down the, um, he's got a, an iPhone 8 product red. Yeah. And I've always seen Product Red online, and I'm always like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I like the idea behind Product Red. I think it's great. But in terms of just looking at it as a colour, I'm always a bit like, yeah, when I see it online. But I saw it in person, I was like, oh, okay, that does look good. <laughs> that looks really good. Um, yeah, I think if I went for a tenner, I'd probably just get white, though. Um, I don't know. I always, I, I always like white. I like my white iPhone 3G. I like my white... Um, well not my white but i like the white iphone 5c i thought that looked really nice um different shade of white to what you get on the 10s as well it's much more of a, a pure white i think on the 10r right um i think syracuse are called the 10s 10s is white kind of like dishwater white or something oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah diff- different shades of white but but no i think yeah the, the the colors the colors are cool um although i'd probably not take full advantage of them Put it that way. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I'm eyeing up the uh, the blue. I think as we we talk about this and the sort of further down the the path I go with it, I, I think like the yeah, there's probably a blue ten R in my future. 
Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think like, it's going to take me um, take me till the end of the year, really, to be ready to, to kind of make the purchase anyway. And by that time, they'll have been out for a while. When do they uh, come out? I've kind of lost track. End of October, they- I believe. Oh, okay. So you've got another month anyway, before yeah. even if you wanted it on day one. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not bothered about day one. Um, I, I, it's funny. I think this last year with the uh, since the ten, really, I've I've just not been fussed about day one. And I, I think that's actually more to do with me kind of changing as a customer. You know, I I don't necessarily need to have the phone that's all the way at the top. I don't necessarily need to have it immediately. And I think that's probably a side effect as well of of the phones themselves kind of reaching a level of maturity where the the uh, progress is around the same metrics but a bit better. There's there's not so much of it being ah right. There's this absolutely killer thing that I've got to have. Yeah, you know, like it's sort of between device to device. It's I'm going to get a better camera and these other metrics are sort of, you know, it's got a faster processor, that side of things. Obviously like with the, uh, the 10, you've got the front facing sensor array and all of that, that is different. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not quite the same thing as like, um, I remember the, the first iPhone with, with HD video recording for me, that was a big, big jump. You know, I really, really wanted to have that, that better, um, video camera in the phone. What phone was that? Was that the iPhone four? I think so, yes. Yeah, I want to say it was the 4. If it wasn't the 4, it was the 4S. Um, but I think I think you're right. I think it was the 4. Yeah, I've never really been on day one for any of my iPhones, I don't think. Um, I just bought a 3G because I wanted it, basically. It came to a point where I was earning enough from my job that an iPhone contract didn't seem like the scariest thing in the world, whereas before it did. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd kind of treat myself to one. And then the iPhone 4 came out and it was probably a few weeks before i got that then the five and the six and and then the ten it's yeah it's just it's just never really really bothered me i think it's for me it's more important to kind of sit and observe for a little while and make the the right decision as opposed to the fastest decision yeah Um, so i think if you need to hold off for a bit until the new year to make the right call then then yeah do it definitely do it just take your time Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot. 